0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast And obviously the Avalanche have been making some moves This is going to be a different looking team So the guys that they brought in How do they compare to those guys That were on the Avalanche that have left? Let's do some one-on-one comparisons Between these guys New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you
1: Your Locked On Avalanche Your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche Part of the Locked On Podcast Network Your team every day
0: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked on Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Get notified when a new show goes live. Definitely subscribe to our subtext. Link to that is in the show notes below. And when you subscribe to that, you chat with Kyle and I one-on-one. All right, sir. Uh, you can check our rundown. A pretty fun question that we got from our uh, an Instagram follower. Yeah, that Space Jam one right there. So we're going to get to that a little bit later. But where are we going to start today, sir? Um, Like I said, like new players in and old players out. And that's kind of how we thought it was going to go for this offseason for the Avs. So why not do some comparisons for uh, the players that came in? How do they compare with that position and that counterpart of the player who left and there's a lot more. If you're watching on YouTube, we're going to throw up. uh, If you follow Jay fresh on uh, Twitter, I don't know if he's on Instagram, but I know he's on Twitter. Um, He's one of those analytic guys and he puts up those analytic uh, cards all the time for all like different players. Um, We're going to throw those up. Those don't tell the entire story, but they tell a pretty good story um, of kind of stats where players fall in a certain percentile and a, per- and a percentage, so it, it just gives you like kind of like a good base and a good summary of an individual player, so we're going to put those up and compare um,
1: the player they brought in to the player that is no longer with us So I mean, you can't argue with this, I just saw the new Indiana Jones movie, and basically mm-hmm. all of reality comes down to math, so let's use math to figure this out Is that what that movie is about?
0: The movie is about math? You'll see no, I won't, because I probably <laughs> won't go see it. Like, I, I, To me, Indiana Jones ended after a trilogy. You would be correct. Yeah, so I, I just don't have interest. I didn't even see the Crystal Skull. Is it Crystal Skull? Yes. Yeah, I didn't even see it. Congratulations. <laughs> That's why you win at everything. <laughs> so, uh, but maybe they are on to something there between everything concludes with math. I mean, it's not the worst analogy you can come to, but it's how we got Moneyball. That's true. So, um, and has kind of worked its way over into hockey. So, if you are watching on YouTube, why don't we get going on these? We'll start kind of with eh, why not? We'll start with the two C because that's the one that you know we were talking about most. Avalanche Nation knows that was uh, that what what they needed to address the most. As of right now, Ryan Johansson is our two C. And we put him up in a comparison with JT Confer. And Confer wasn't always the 2C, but he was last season. And if they had kept him, probably would have been in a battle with Ryan Johansson to be a 2C. Um, but this is what we have. And you look at these, and if this is just all kind of gobbledygook to you, um, you can look at the percentages. And basically, the percentages are the percentile that they fall in under that category. The one that they highlight on the JFresh cards is always the wins over replacement. Um, and basically what that is, is the percentile that they fall in, the number of wins that they would get over kind of basic competition or, yep. ba- or, or basic replacement player is how, it, how that works. So for both these guys, pretty good. JT Comfer is obviously in the 76th percentile, while Ryan Johansson in the 54th percentile. But you look on the right-hand side, you see Ryan Johansson's um, war percentile rank, and it's just a big... I mean, it, it was down, and then it goes up two years ago, and then last year it goes back down again, while JT Confer's pretty much stays consistent. Which is a little bit surprising to me because of how inconsistent he has been over his years with the Avs.
1: Yeah, and we talked about with Ryan Johansson coming in, coming off that injury, you would think that has something to do with that that break in Ryan Johansson. And we also talked, the everydayers know, how we really had a lot of... We sung the praises of J.T. Comfort last year, which is he wasn't a contract year, but he really had a good, solid year. And you can kind of see that also reflected in that. So when you're also looking at these numbers you're having to play a little bit of a projected long game with Ryan Johansson because that injury you know what he could do he could post 60 to 70 point seasons but he alternates those yeah he'll he'll dip back down to that 30 point season and you're kind of scratching your head and you could see with all the 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 war percentages that it it reflects in that yeah And, you know, I don't want to just get too analytical here because I know that turns,
0: like, some people off. But, you know, I think there is, like, some importance to it. And, you know, some things just – some is a feeling that you get and feelings don't come across in analytics or anything like that. But the things that I like to look at when you look at these cards are you see the G60, which is goals per 60. And that is goals per 60 minutes of ice time that they play. It's not goals per game, obviously. And you look at that. And JT Confer has the edge there pretty significantly, almost a double. Then you look, you go over and you look at like the competition and that is who they're playing against. And you look at um, like the teammates and that's who they're playing with. Obviously, the teammates are kind of equal so mm-hmm. because they're usually playing on top six lines and the competition is about equal too. So they're kind of an equal partner in in where they play and who they play against as far as competition, who they play with, and your goals per 60 leans towards JT Comfer. I shouldn't say leans. It's pretty heavily towards JT Comfer. And the same thing with assists per 60, JT Comfer has the advantage there. So kind of just looking at this and, and the analytical part of it, is you would have to give it to J.T. Confer, but here's the big but. J.T. is not on the Avalanche anymore. Ryan Johansson is. So you have to put that into account. Did J.T. Comfer benefit from playing with the Avalanche and can Johansson come in and kind of just fill in nicely and and, and get that production that J.T. Confer was when he was playing on the Avs? We don't know that yet. But that is the one outlier that you don't know because obviously these guys has now, have now changed teams.
1: Yeah. And now you're, you're taking that gamble on what form of Ryan Johansson are the Avalanche acquiring? Are they, they getting that point, that 60, 70 point per game guy? Or what level of health are the Avalanche getting out of Ryan Johansson when he does put on that Avalanche sweater? And Detroit, they're also, Chris, you made a great point. Like, what level of JT Comfort are they getting? what amount of his production has to do with those teammates that are around him he's going to find out Detroit is rapidly putting together quite an interesting team over there so they'll find out exactly what he's made of really soon and where he falls in the top six or in the bottom six
0: yeah so um that's the comparison between Ryan Johansson and JT Comfer and again just on on gut feeling, I was thinking like this was probably gonna be a little bit equal, and it, and it kind of is. I know you see like discrepancies between like the projected war um, and the goals per sixty, but you know there's a lot of things on it that where they are equal defensively. Comfort is way better, mm-hmm. way better in the analytic part. So. There you go. Um, next one, what are we going to do now? Uh, I'll save that one for last because that one's not that one's not too good. We'll go over to Ross Colton, and we paired him up with Matt Nieto, who is now on uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, obviously, Colton has not signed yet, but that's that's just likely a formality going through the arbitration process. Um, you kind of like what this brings because. I don't know. I think Colton again. Getting away from the analytic part of it, I like Colton on the Abs. I think he's a really good fit. <clears throat> he's you know a physical player. He's he's got the speed. He has you know he's, he he has the the Stanley Cup pedigree. Um, I think this was a really good pickup in just the the scheme or the the idea of bringing in a guy that you know will fit well on this team.
1: Yeah, he stood out in the Stanley Cup Finals for sure. He was one of those that, you know, when the top lines aren't out there, the big-name stars, he was aggravating. He was he was producing, and he was everywhere for Tampa Bay. So just knowing he's a member of the Avalanche, this is exactly what the Avalanche need to make that bottom six not feel so bottom anymore. It, it kind of brings the right. quality up of that bottom six, and it, instead of it being that ever-changing lineup, you feel some stability with Ross Colton.
0: That's a, that's a great point. Like you 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 want to feel like when you're rolling lines, no matter who's out there, you feel good. And that's how you felt in that Stanley Cup season. You didn't feel that way last year. Yeah, I think the abs are, are slowly getting back to that. They still have a couple more holes to plug. But right now you feel like a bringing in guy like Ross Colton kind of just solidifies that third line. <clears throat> no matter who he's going to be playing with there, it's just another line that's just going to be difficult to play against. Um, and when you compare these two, compare it him up with Matt Nieto. What Nieto brings you is defense, mm-hmm. right? And you just look at those numbers, and, and they're color coded for you. Look at his defense, he's 91st percentile for even strength defense, and everything else is either pink or lightly shaded blue, which is you know, hovering on pink. Um, but he doesn't do much offensively, uh, where Colton can. Colton's, you know, look at his goals per 60 percentile. That's yeah. the 95th percentile. But you switch over to his competition and it's kind of on the low end. Yeah. But that also means he's taking advantage of that. So he's not playing against the highest competition, but he is putting in points when he, so that's good. That, that That's what we were wanting from Alex Newhook all along. Be the yep. best guy on those bottom six lines. And he just was not doing that. Colton knows his role. He knows he's a bottom six guy even middle six guy and he plays that role i think to uh, a really good uh, a really good style for the avalanche and you see in his projected wins above replacement 74th percentile so everything here is a tick in the right direction i would say for the avs
1: yeah and when you're talking about those war numbers and the percentiles if you're over 85 percent you're cons- those are star type numbers like those are big time numbers so if you're seeing that kind of gold rate per 60 coming in for the avalanche that's what you want to see but you're definitely going to miss especially with the defense being kind of shaky you don't really know how the pairings are going to be going in next year you're going to miss that matt nieto defense that he provides right.
0: absolutely that's what you're definitely going to lose
1: um
0: because Colton is is okay defensively he's not as good as nieto defensively he's he's good he's good i don't really think the numbers show it that much but Um, you do miss you will miss that in Matt Nieto, no doubt. All right. Let us uh take our first break right now, and then we're gonna go back. We have two more to get to, and then kind of predict who we think is out of these guys is gonna be uh maybe maybe most the most successful in their replacements. But first we are going to hear from FanDuel and you can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20 and you'll land 200 bucks in bonus bets. You get that win or lose. And that $200 you can spend on everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Or even you know when I was growing up, man. Like, who who's who's the
1: leader in average right now? In average, it, oh, it's a I believe he's a guy for the Marlins. Yeah. And what's he hitting? Like, what, like, he, no, he's he's putting up like four hundred.
0: He's over four hundred See, that's what I was saying. I, like. I remember growing up there was always that possibility like someone like Tony Gwynn was going to like hit, yeah. hit 400 or something like that, and you just don't see it anymore. I would love to see someone go for 400 but He's
1: flirting with it heavily this year. Really?
0: All right, I got to I got to look him up because I'm I'm kind of slacking on the baseball. So, uh, and you can do this all on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit Fanduel.com/slash/locked on to get up to two hundred dollars in bonus bets. That's Fanduel.com/slash/locked on. Fanduel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, uh, let's jump back into it. We are going to get to Miles Wood and Alex Newhook, and this is uh, surprisingly a little bit more, from the analytical side of things, a little bit tighter uh than i really anticipated it to be mainly cuz we just you know alex we're really kind of focusing on alex Nuka not producing and that shows in this in in this card but compared to miles wood it, this is one where i'm like okay i really hope the the avalanche effect just plays a part here for miles wood cuz really
1: these two cards are are pretty pretty similar between these two guys. I will say from keeping up with New Jersey, this is another, like everything we mentioned for Johansson, Miles Wood also had nagging injuries. So Hmm. you can also have thing, right? Yes. And that that's something that it it bothers you for a while, not using it as an excuse, but when you're putting up these cards and you're seeing these numbers and the stats and you're looking at the graphics on the right, You're also quantifying that drop-off that you saw in Alex Newhook to why he's not a member of the Avalanche anymore, why Mm -hmm. it's not that big of a surprise, because, again, this is a business. You want to put the best team out there. And we mentioned giving Newhook the keys to that 2C, and you see the production you got out of him. So you're hoping Miles would, like you mentioned, Chris, the Avalanche effect, how it would produce, Like Miles Wood is a great, gritty player, but I don't, he hasn't touched 40 points in a year yet. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you're anticipating a little bit more of a bump. You'd like to see more of a 40 point season out of Miles Wood. But when you see compared to New Hook, you weren't going to get that at all. So I guess.
0: So you like take the chance on Wood to improve where you didn't think New Hook was going to do that in your system on your team. Basically. At least for another couple of
1: years, at least. <laughs> yeah,
0: because you don't want this. You don't want what this is right here. You don't want this to just repeat itself. Uh, but Miles Wood gives you something different than, than Alex New. You know, what, Miles Wood has got the speed, but Miles Wood has got the physicality. Mm-hmm. And Newhook really didn't have that. And clearly that's what the Avalanche were going for in this offseason. And they've used it, the, the, the term grittier. Um, they've definitely done that. So now, OK, like the, these are just, uh, the, you know, the, these stats and these cards, these analytics are for, you know, last year. And as far as the graph goes for the past couple of years, but that doesn't tell what's going to happen in the future. And that's really what the Avalanche are banking on here where, for bringing in Miles Wood, because you can look at this and be like, OK, that's a little bit similar. Yeah, there, there's things where, where Wood is higher up uh, than New Hook, especially goals uh, per 60. Um, the projected war, they're, they're you know. New hook has a slight advantage. Um, The finishing, which is you know producing points, that's they're about even. So a lot of this stuff uh, defensively, New hook is actually better in in the percentile, which is whatever. But in offense, even strength, that's even strength defense, I should say, even strength offense. Miles Wood is better. Mm -hmm. So you're getting you, you you you're really putting your eggs in the basket of okay. Put the analytics aside; they might look similar but what he can bring our team is more of what we're looking for from the physicality part sure he's got a little bit of scoring same thing like alex newhook did but we're just hoping that you know new new team new scenery um that those numbers increase a little bit more they're not looking for insane you know amount of production they're just looking for better production
1: yeah like i said you're getting consistently 30 point seasons out of miles wood you haven't had a consistent Alex Newhook season yet, right? And then we'll get to the last one here, and this one's going to get a little bit ugly. You
0: have Jonathan Druen and uh, Evan Rodriguez, and that—I mean—we know what's going on when the AVS sign Druen. So it's—it's it's a reclamation project. It's bring him in and let's see if we can—if we can get him back to, well, really not even back to what he once was, back what everybody thought he could be. I mean, anything is possible, but you look at this and it's just red on the top and blue on the bottom. And then th- this leans heavily towards Evan Rodriguez, is not even particularly close. It doesn't surprise me, but my God, Jonathan Druen has a lot to prove if he is going to kind of slot in and kind of be that Evan Rodriguez replacement and he's got one year to do it. This is where it's like, okay, this is this is a you are you are taking a big risk here. There's a risk reward factor, obviously, but you knew what you had in Evan Rodriguez and they just for some reason didn't want to give him what he signed for in Florida, which I think was affordable and they went to the Drenrat. When you look at this, you have to question why they didn't.
1: Yeah, and I love that you said that uh, Dren has something to prove and we stack him up against Evan Rodriguez, who has spent a career proving what he can do everywhere he goes. And when you look at these numbers, 92% even strength offense, 99 the the holy hockey number, 99 <laughs> on even strength defense. Yeah. That puts you at superstar level against your replacement. You're irreplaceable with those numbers, and the Avalanche are going to do it, with a gamble. Yeah. Love the off season.
0: (laughs) It's it's a big, big gamble. I mean, everything, everything is tilted in the direction of Evan Rodriguez here. So, and that's, that's no surprise. Nobody should be looking at this being like, Oh my God, I think it was like, I thought it'd be a lot closer. What would make you think that? So um, nothing would, nothing would. So yeah, this is the one, I mean, between these four, Right. So this one, you have one that leans heavily towards the guy leaving Uh, between Ross Colton and Matt Nieto. I would say that's one for the guys coming in Mm -hmm. between Miles Wood and Alex Newhook. What do you uh, maybe a push there? Yeah. Yeah. And then for Ryan Johansson and JT Comfort probably leans a little bit towards JT Comfort. So between four of them. I think one, you you win outright with Colton. Uh, two of them, you probably lose with JT Confer and definitely Evan Rodriguez, and one, you tie on. Yeah. And again, this is, okay, we're not taking into the equation the avalanche effect, which is by no means guaranteed, but um, we've done it before. This team has done it before where you bring in guys and they just seem to be able to turn them around. They're gonna be, they're gonna have to do that on a couple of accounts for this. Yeah. I mean I, I like the guys that they brought in, but this is by no means a guarantee that all these guys are going to work out or be better
1: than the ones who are they or who are who they are replacing. There's a reason why the Avalanche were able to make these moves in the offseason because of the seasons every, these four individuals had, they were not the best. And they were okay to be let go in trades or in a signing. This last one with Drew in it's the name alone that excites people. But when you look at numbers like this and you look at the war percentages, it's it's a huge gamble. And then you look at the teammates around them, you think it could be a possibility. But stats like this and analytics like this make it easier for everybody to temper expectations we're not going to award the cup yet we got another job to do this season mm-hmm. and you you can yeah. really see that i mean
0: you're your top guys your top guys and they're yeah. the ones that carry you right like yep. th- that were fine um it's these these moves that they that they decided to go this route you just have to wait and see if it pays off and uh we we you know there's a lot of evidence like there's reason to believe why it would work mhm uh, but that's again by no means a guarantee, so it's a wait and see. We just have to get the season underway and see how this thing goes. So, all right, a uh, couple other things we wanted to get to. There was a, a couple questions. We're gonna pretty much stick with the roster questions right now. Um, uh, Beast in twenty five underscore eight. Who takes? He said who takes the top six wing spot and who plays the sixth, the D man. Um, I think the, we were, we did the lines the other, uh, last week. And I think the top six is, is should be set. Um, so I'll add, you know, I think the, the question is who's that last wing spot, which is still kind of open. Um, so I'll throw that I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll take his question and kind of change it a little bit. Sorry, beast in 25. Um, but who, who would be the, the last, who do you think right now, if you're making a prediction right now, and this can change because the season's going to start for a few months and there's still moves that need to be made, but who the Avs have right now in their system, who takes that last wing spot and who takes that sixth
1: D-man spot? When you ask me right now, I have this feeling that that last spot's going to be taken by an eagle. Who? Not sure because you. it's depending on camp. But mm-hmm. If you ask me to fill that spot right now, yes. I'm, Riley I'm making you do it right now, I, Riley Tufty from Dallas. There's mm-hmm. there has to be some reason for this move for this pickup. Like, there's not a minimum. I don't think there required. has to be. Yeah. yeah, like then if he's not making the roster, what was all that a boot? <laughs> so, I, just a roster spot. Maybe you know, just a someone that will be
0: playing for the Eagles for this. I mean, maybe he comes up. Every once in a while. I don't know. I don't know too much about him, to be totally honest with you, to to say that he's got a shot.
1: Maybe he's and,
0: he's got a shot, but and we're
1: not making a case for somebody to be right beside McKinnon. We're asking for that last right. wing spot. Exactly. So I exactly. feel like that might, if you ask me today, that would be where I'm putting it.
0: And that's kind of where we're going. Like today it there's you know, th- that's all that they really have right now are eagles that could take that spot. Um That's why I want to see someone like Alex Bukaj come up and take it. I think he's a little bit – I think he might need like another year down there, but he's pretty close. Um, I'm a big foodie guy. He's a center, but he played wing when he came up. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to take it. I want to see what Jason Poland does. Uh, The signing that they – the college signing after last season ended, they brought him in. I kind of want to see what he does. And I, I I think someone like him might be in a better spot to play with a more veteran group overall than, you know, all of these guys that just had to come through the system with all the injuries um, and, and they just were not ready to go up. But they had to because of the injuries and they didn't have all of these like – Grizzled vets to really take them under their wing. If this team can stay healthy, you might take a flyer on, uh, you know, a, a, a fourth line rookie, basically, um, to see what he can do in the beginning. Yep. And, again, this is not, you know, if they go sign someone that you know is like, okay, well, that, there's your fourth line winger, we're not having this conversation. But we are right now because this is what the Avalanche have. Yep. So I would do. I, I, You know, maybe he's got a shot. He's got an outside shot, maybe.
1: Yeah, I, I have the feeling it's going to go eagle, but I went toughy yeah. to you because at least he's got, like, 13 games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that might be,
0: like, the most out of anybody yeah. um, that's down there right now. As far as the D parent, who do you think takes that sixth D spot?
1: Again, there's a reason we went to go get him again. It's going to be Jack Johnson. They just seem to love him.
0: Right. So you would have to say he's got the inside track on it. Uh, why would they bring him back for any other reason other than that? Um, but because I went with Jason Poland for you know the youngster, I'll do it again on the defensive end. And I, I and I genuinely think Poland is like, yeah, that'd be fun to see it. I genuinely think Sam malinsky has got a shot here at taking the spot. I You're really, on the case really malinsky. Do. I really do. Um, and we'll we'll I Maybe not to start the season. Maybe the Avalanche want Jack Johnson there to start the season because they know what they're going to get with him. But I just feel like as the season goes on, he might be a healthy scratch a couple times. Um, And then they either go the Curtis McDermott route or they see what they got in, in Malinsky. So I'm going the two youngsters for those last two spots. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. All right, um, that's going to wrap it up for today, everybody. So fire away in the comments section. I know uh, if there's a, too much information on those stat cards, <laughs> but uh, they do a pretty good job of just kind of summarizing what's going on with the players going out and players coming in. So what do you think? Um, we'll see how it goes, but um, we'll have, if anything happens, I mean, they have been pretty quiet the past few few days, or almost over a week now. Yeah. So maybe something is on the horizon uh, that you know that they uh, they they bring something somebody in and fill these roles. We shall see. We didn't get to the Space Jam question, so should we hold off on that, or should we just should
1: we answer it now? Uh, you know what? If you want to hear about Space Jam, give yeah. us your roster. We'll give you ours tomorrow. There you
0: go. That's what the question was. What it what it, what, what is your Space Jam? Who's your 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 centerpiece, and who is your top line? so answer that and then we'll read those questions or read those answers and we'll put in ours for that'll be for tomorrow's episode good idea All right, everyone that is going to wrap it up for today thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day always appreciated he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom Kyle Sullivan I am Chris Maselli and this is the Lockdown Avalanche podcast get those space jam lines in we'll do that tomorrow go abs go you we'll